This podcast was recorded on November 17th at 11 a.m. Things may have changed by the time you hear this episode. Does COVID-19 mean we'll all be home for the holidays? And how can we celebrate safely? And what are some tips to handle holiday stress during a pandemic? All that and more on this episode of The Healthiest You. Hey, it's Mike and Steph on B104. We do the morning show and today we're talking about holidays. Yes, and uh, how to stay safe. But first, Mike, before we get into that, uh, what would you say is your favorite holiday and maybe some of your favorite holiday traditions? Eat lots and lots of food. You no just matter sit down, what holiday it is. It doesn't is. matter what holiday it is. You just <laughs> sit down and you start shoving food in your pie hole. Yeah. That's what I like to do. Okay. No, seriously, really the thing about holidays, no matter what kind of holiday it is, it's the tradition of getting people together. Almost mm-hmm. every holiday calls for you to gather the family together. And that can be some of the best parts of the holiday. Yeah, certainly for me, I mean, when I think of Thanksgiving, that's usually the time of year where I see those relatives who I unfortunately don't get a chance to see the whole rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice to kind of catch up and relive some stories and tell some new ones. Uh, food, obviously a big part of it. But for me, with Christmas in particular, always had this tradition of getting into the car with my family and going around town and seeing all of the holiday light displays that various uh, homes and businesses put up. And I decided to continue that with my own kids and my husband, where that's exactly what we do. We jump in the car Christmas Eve and, you know, drive around and take a look. You know, I, as a child, I remember going over to different people's houses at different times of the year for their holiday. We went over to with Hanukkah with my friends and a couple of times they came over and it was usually a shock to the system because our Christmas was just out of control. (laughs) Some people sit down, you know, they unwrap a present, then they go, Johnny, what did you get? Not us. It's just a madhouse of paper flying everywhere. (laughs) And when can I play with a toy? Usually broken by the end of the day. Oh no. But it was great to experience different holidays and different traditions is a, a great thing to do. I highly recommend it. And so now you know about what we tend to do. And uh, today we have Dr. Alex Benjamin with us, Lehigh Valley Health Network Chief of Infection Control and Hospital Epidemiology on the show. And he'll be giving us insight on how to stay safe during the holiday season. Now, later on, we'll also have Dr. Ed Norris, LVHN Chair of Psychiatry on the show to discuss overcoming holiday stress. Our first guest, Dr. Alex Benjamin. Welcome to the show. How are you? Very good. Glad that you can join us today. Uh, First, can you tell us what a chief of infection control and hospital epidemiology does? And I also want a vocabulary lesson. Uh, What does epidemiology mean? And doctor, before you get to that, applause to Stephanie for saying that word three times in a row without messing it up. That was excellent. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Uh, And I'm also glad you didn't ask me to spell it. So uh, chief of infection control and hospital epidemiology. So my job is essentially to try to protect not only patients, but also um, staff members from developing conditions like infection, injuries, falls, those sorts of things. And what about the definition of epidemiology? Yeah, so epidemiology means the study of uh, factors and conditions that contribute to um Infection, briefly, but lots of other public health conditions. That was the fourth time, Mike, and I want to tell you, it's nowhere else in the show, so <laughs> leave it alone. Let me ask something, doctor. Why, why this field? I understand this year's a big pandemic. You're needed more than ever. I imagine it's always been a thing, though. There's always been some kind of infection. There's, there was MRSA, uh, SARS. Absolutely. Uh, uh, years ago, what was the one in, in the hotel room that was suddenly everyone thought everyone was going to get? So why did you decide to get into this field? So it starts as a, a love of infectious disease. That's how this You have a love of infectious diseases? I do. Well, that's okay. <laughs> not, not a personal one, but 
an arm's length <laughs> appreciation. A social distancing love exactly. of infectious diseases. Excellent. Now, being the chief of infection control, yeah. uh, do you view holidays and get-togethers just a little bit different from everybody else? Like when you get together with Thanksgiving or, or even yeah. Halloween just passed, and everyone's like, do we hand out candy? Do we not hand out candy? Do you see these traditions now a little bit differently? Do you oh, yeah. a little more leery? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I think the premise um, for people is to maintain the tradition. That's that's the most important part for people. But from for people in, in my field, we want to make sure that you can maintain those traditions or even try alter them slightly so that you can maintain the spirit of the holiday. And what would be your advice for someone who perhaps has a little sneeze and is planning to meet up with family or loved ones? Should they automatically cancel their plans? Yeah, this is something we run into yeah. almost every morning because in this area, uh, allergies are oh, rampant. Oh, yeah. So you wake up in the morning, your throat's a little scratchy, you sneeze a little bit, you grab a thermometer, <laughs> you hope you don't have a temperature, right? And right. then you go to work thinking everything's fine, but in the back of your head, you keep thinking, is this it? Is this yeah. the one? Do I have it? Yeah. So what is, what, what is the advice for you, from you? So, uh, you know, with numbers ramping up in the community, um, more people test, getting tested and more people who get tested testing positive, that's that's my biggest concern. It it sometimes it's not just a sneeze. It's not just allergies. It's not just the usual sinus congestion I get this time of year. You really have to think about the fact that COVID could be playing into this. And the other thing about this time of year is could it be influenza? Could it be RSV? Any of the other things? It it could quote just be a cold. Um, but you have to think that the ramifications are that if you are going to take your um, current health condition into the work environment, in to see your family, in to see relatives that you haven't seen in a long time, or who may not be like, um, you know, at their best health or immunocompromised, like you have to take responsibility for that um, decision that you think that this is just a cold. And, and I think it'd be different if we didn't have access to the testing we do um, more so now than we did in the spring when we were still learning about how to manage this disease. So it could just be a cold, and, and I would hope that's the case. But we you have to think about that this is a bigger, it could be a bigger issue for other people if you're not correct. So I always err on the side of caution. Absolutely. That back, take a minute, because it's not just you you're talking about. You're protecting others as well. Absolutely. Uh, if someone is sick, what is the next step? Well, I think the good thing about um, about that is you have the we have the ability to to get tested and evaluated without having to leave. Well, I should say you should be you can be evaluated without having to leave the comforts of your home, right? You could call into your primary care doctor. You could do a video visit uh, through uh, uh, something we call video or my LVHM. We have ways to get you in contact with the people who can assess you best and decide whether you need to be tested. Now, this seems to be a headline that changes by the minute. We're talking about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of us are hoping to get the vaccine yeah. uh, and avoid COVID-19 completely. Uh, can you give us an update on the vaccine possibility and uh, when could I get it? So, so the um, ability for people to get the vaccine, I mean, it is on the doorstep of this community. We have two manufacturers who have demonstrated that their vaccine is greater than 90% uh, effective in um, 
in pre- and preventing or reducing the symptoms of disease. And um, I think it's very possible that even in December, you know, before the winter holidays, that that might become available to um, to people. Now, the tough part about that is even though these these companies have sort of um, doubled down by starting to produce vaccine even before it's been authorized. Um, only limited quantities of the vaccine are going to be available up front. So we think about um, who are the most, um, who will benefit the most from those vaccines and, and help protect the community. And we think those are going to be obviously healthcare workers, uh, first responders, uh, EMS, those types of people, essential personnel. Um, and then we talk about high-risk populations, people who are at risk of getting severe disease, um, older, our older patients, you know, greater than 65. And then we start talking about the general population, um, people who don't have as many health conditions. Um, and as more and more vaccine gets produced and made available, then we start to get the vaccine out to to you and me, basically. Uh, this is a uh, question I had, you know, with the number, I believe it's two companies right now that right. are have the, the vaccines that they're working on. Um, is it the sort of thing that, uh, will there be multiple companies providing vaccines or is it the sort of thing where one gets decided that this is the one that we're going for, uh, for the general population? How does that typically work? Yeah, so good question. Um, I think based on the, the fact that this, the efficacy data is out there, the safety data is out there, that as vaccines get this emergency use authorization, we're going to start um, making it available to people um, as soon as possible. Now, at some point, we're going to have one, two, four, you know, maybe as many as 12 vaccines, you know, as long as they meet uh, all the criteria for emergency use authorization. So it some of the will depend on the populations, right? Some studies may see that they um, have been able to offer the vaccine to people greater than 65 or people who have health conditions or uh, different racial and ethnic um, backgrounds. And, and maybe, maybe one vaccine, say vaccine A, um, seems to do better for a certain population. We might say, hey, if you are part of population A, you might benefit most from this vaccine. Have these vaccines been rolled out anyplace else in the world? I know we're talking about the U.S. getting things approved. Sometimes other countries tend to jump certain trials. Have these vaccines been tried out anyplace else in the world? Yeah, Pfizer, Pfizer and Moderna are the ones that the first two companies to get to this phase three and start producing safety data have been um, rolling out their vaccine to um, places in um, Europe, South America, uh, Asia. So these are being vetted in the same way that they're being vetted in the U.S. If you have COVID-19 and you get past it, you're healthy again. Can you get COVID-19 again? Uh, $64,000 question. So there have been some case reports of people who've had COVID infection and several months later developed similar symptoms and and through laboratory testing were proven to have COVID again. So I think that's one of the, we don't know how many people that's going to affect. We don't know if there's something about someone's immune system or something about the medical conditions, their age that can, that um, can, could contribute to that. Um, so it, in one sense, people uh, you know who develop COVID infection and have recovered should still get the vaccine. I think that's the key point about about uh, infection and reinfection so far. Another question for you, doctor. Yeah. I know it, with the flu, there are certain protocols, certain ages get it, some ages do not or not recommended to get it. Uh, will this be the same thing with COVID nineteen? If you have a young child, do you recommend them getting a 
uh, the, the vaccine or, or do we just pass on that? So we don't have actually any data to say that it's um, about using COVID vaccine in um, children. Um, there, Pfizer is going to have some data out about giving vaccine um, in kids older than age 12, but below that age, we don't have any data and Moderna doesn't have any data on that either. That's a lot of great information, a lot of things to consider as you're heading into the holiday season. Of course, stay safe every day as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Benjamin. You're welcome. And we hope that you have a wonderful holiday, are able to spend it with your loved ones virtually or in person. You too. Next on the show, we have Dr. Ed Norris, LVHN Chair of Psychiatry, to talk a little bit about the present everyone gets for the holidays, but doesn't want. That's right stress. Welcome to the show, Dr. Norris. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, first things first, doctor, let's get to it. What's your favorite holiday tradition? Well, I have a couple favorite uh, traditions. And and one of those is seeing the lights of the parkway with my family, as well as taking a trip over to New York City and seeing the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center. Probably the latter we won't be able to do this year because of travel restrictions and the need to stay away from crowds. The other tradition is uh, adopting a family for Christmas, as well as giving uh, gifts for children who are still in the hospital through the Riley Children's Hospital toy donation program. Very nice. Uh, So why did you choose the field of psychiatry? So psychiatry actually chose me. Um, In the process of uh, going through my education, become a physician, um, I was exposed to multiple fields of medicine. and I found them all fascinating. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the relationship between the mind and the body uh, and, and the field of psychiatry is what I found the most fascinating and the one I could really spend the rest of my career working on. Uh, COVID-19 has changed everything, how we spend time together, how we enjoy your favorite meals. Uh, I'm sure the pandemic has had an impact on how you care for people, too. How are you there for those who need help? So... The COVID-19 epidemic has really changed the way that we provide psychiatric care. We've been able to move from face-to-face care to video care. And through the use of the high-tech cameras that we have in our offices and the high-tech cameras that are on our iPads and iPhones, we're able to be present with our patients virtually. We all know we get some holiday stress along the way, like just going shopping, uh, in-laws, kids going back to school is all different. There's a lot of stress there. Is that common. Oh, absolutely. We all have stress during the holidays and that's normal. Uh, And normal stress can interfere with your sleep for a little bit, your appetite, your mood. It can make you anxious, but it doesn't last. And so what we can do during the holidays to make them better for all of us is realize that they're going to be different. We need to accept the imperfections in the holiday ceremonies and our get-togethers We need to figure out what really counts for ourselves and the holidays, what's really important in the holiday, and what can we maintain of that. Finally, it's uh, useful to look at the holidays and figure out what parts of tradition are no longer necessary, what parts bring us more stress than joy, and potentially look at removing uh, some holiday traditions because usually we just add traditions and we never take one away. Interesting. And with the pandemic, uh, many people are already feeling lonely, isolated. And during this untraditional holiday where gatherings are sparse, uh, that stress might be magnified. So what advice can you give to people who are having those feelings? Well, first of all, you have to take care of your body. So you have to get enough sleep. You have to eat well. 
You have to have some physical exercise, but you also need to take care of your mind. You need to let your mind relax. You need to uh, give yourself time away from all of the noise. So turn off your devices, turn off uh, the TV, and you also have to take care of your spirit. Enjoy the positive thoughts that you have about yourself. Try to not pay attention to the difficulties that are occurring and what can you do for yourself that bring joy? We all have little aspects of our life that we enjoy more than others, and we really have to appreciate them during this time of year. Doctor, when should someone seek help and how, they sh how should they go about it? When we have anxiety, which is normal, that's one thing. When it continues and it doesn't go away, or when we have sadness, it's okay to be sad, but day after day when it starts to interfere with your ability to go about living your life, when it interferes with your ability to care for your family, you need to reach out. And you need to reach out to anyone. So you can reach out to your friends, you can reach out to your family, you can reach out to your physician, whether it be a pediatrician or a family medicine doctor, or finally, you can reach out to your insurance company. All of these are different ways to get to help. Well, thank you so much for discussing uh, stress, both in the pandemic and upcoming holidays with us, the tips and suggestions that you made as well. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Norris. Thank you and happy holidays. As a reminder to our listeners, please stay safe this holiday season. Wear a mask when you are near others, wash your hands often, social distance when possible, and stay home if you feel sick. For more COVID-19 guidance, visit the LVHN COVID-19 Help Center at lvhn.org slash COVID-19. Stay strong. Stay safe. Be the healthiest you.